0: This is the Clean Soul Podcast, and I'm Dennis Curtis, your host. Today I'm going to be talking about love. Love, one of the most talked about attributes, one of the most sung about attributes or characteristics of our human existence. Our understanding of love is essential for the Christian life. After all, God told us He is love. He doesn't just love. He is love. And that might be a little bit hard for us to understand. How can a person be love? So let's explore it. All relationships need love our relationship with God, our parents, our spouses, our children, our neighbors, people of every category. We need to understand what love really is. So, what is it? Is love an emotion, a commitment, a feeling, a driving force? Yes, yes, and yes, and even more. Our English word, love, is translated from three or four different Hebrew words and at least three different Greek words. So I want to go to the Bible to define love. After all, it's used hundreds and hundreds of times in the Old and the New Testament. First, let's start with the Old Testament. Hebrew word, Ahab, or Ahib. Ahab is a little bit easier to pronounce for me, so I'm going to stick with that one. Ahib is a different pronunciation, and I'm not sure what the differences are. But the other word is hased. Ahab is a verb meaning to love in the sense of having a strong emotional attachment to or a desire to be connected to or in the presence of. That is Ahab. Because it's a verb, there will be some action connected to that. For example, the first time it's used is in Genesis 22, where God tells Abraham to sacrifice the son he loves. Abraham was active, In his love for Isaac, for example, he fed him, he clothed him, he protected him, he taught him, he did everything as his son grew up and then taught him how to be a man. Isaac eventually inherited all of Abraham's wealth. Abraham loved his son Isaac. It was an active love. Ahab is also used for the attraction between a man and a woman for marriage. It also comes up in Leviticus 19 when God commands us to love our neighbor as ourselves. And of course, it shows up when God commands us to love him. Ahab is not used for the act of sex. Hased is a noun and can be defined as loving kindness, steadfast love, grace. Mercy, faithfulness, devotion, has said is filled with meaning. It's used very frequently in the Psalms. For example, Psalm 25, 6, and 7. Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me. You, O Lord, are good. Hasid combines three words in one, strength, steadfastness, and then love. Modern translations just use the word love, the English word love, for Hasid, so it loses its strength and its steadfastness. Hased is tied to God in so many ways. Why did he create us? Because of Hasid. Why does he provide for us? Because of hesed, because of love. Why does he protect us? Why does he have mercy on us? Why is he faithful to us? Because of hesed, love that has strength, steadfastness, and provision for us. I want to go now to the New Testament. Two words, agape, which most people might have heard before, and agapeo, the verb, Now, these words are used to describe our Heavenly Father's love for His Son. For example, John 17, 26, Jesus is praying, I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. This verse is loaded with meaning, but I want to focus on agape here. In the Greek, it says it just a little bit differently. It says, the love with which you have loved me. In other words, God's love is active in Christ's life. This love is active, showing his son his provisions, sending him on a mission to save the world. And God is doing the same thing to us. He counsels us, guides us, leads us. The Father showed Jesus everything that he was doing, and he spoke to Jesus everything that he was saying. And the Lord wants to do the same for us. He wants us to uh, see what he's doing and hear what he's saying so that we can do the same also. This love is also to be returned. Agape, there's to be a reaction to it. Jesus was obedient even to the point of death. In John 316 and 17, God so loved, God so agape the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Other examples of agape throughout the New Testament. For example, God commands us to agape him. God commands us to agape our neighbor. In many New Testament examples, there's action tied to this agape, just like Hesed. Agape is not uh, simply an affection due to maybe beauty or quality or some worth of some person. It's due to divine will, a deliberate choice, a commitment. I think that's the most important thing to remember about agape. Divine will, a deliberate choice. Choice. So it is the same for us. In order to agape, we must choose to love. Agape is so important to understand that God defines it for us uh, piece by piece in 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. Love always protects, always hopes, always trusts, always perseveres. Love never fails. There is activity in love. There is action in this love. We have to decide to do it. The last word that I want to talk about is the Greek word phileo, and it's always translated with the word love, and so we miss some of this context because phileo is different than agape. It's a uh, better. It's defined as tender affection cherishing with consistency. This type of love is more of a self-motivated love. We might be motivated by sight or worthiness or some quality in a person. Listen to John twenty-one seventeen, uh, fifteen 15-17 and see that that translation, we lose some of the power of the scripture because we use one word for different words in the Greek. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And here he saying agape. So let me just read it like this. Simon, son of John, do you agape me more than these? Yes, Lord, you know that I phileo you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you agape me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I follow you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you follow me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you follow me? He said, Lord, you know all things and you know that I follow you. I can't even imagine what was going on in Peter's heart and in his mind. Why was he not answering with agape? Maybe because he had just denied the Lord three times, and he felt like he couldn't agape, he couldn't commit to loving the Lord. But as we read through the Bible, it looks like Peter finally did come to a point of committing his heart and his life to agape God. God never commands us to phileo him, but he commands us to agape him, to love him with this commitment, with this uh, return of love behind it. To agape is to decide. It is an act of our will, and then we put it to action. Sure, we can cherish God with human affection. That's fine and good. But what God is looking for is a commitment because In tough times, we don't have that feeling, we don't have the intimacy with the Lord that we would want, and we might not fileo at the time, but he wants us to agape, be committed without condition to go through the good times and the tough times. It's sort of like a marriage commitment in richness or in poverty, in sickness or in health, even until death do we part. That is a marriage commitment. It is to agape your spouse, to put them first in many situations and to love them, as 1 Corinthians 13 talks about. So, what have we learned here? We've learned that the God type of love has said an agape is a commitment type of love that is active in showing that love. In fact, one of the uh, commentators that I was reading said that you cannot hesed or you cannot agape unless it is shown by your actions, by your lifestyle. So that is our aim. That is what we desire to do. Be obedient to the Lord as Jesus was, even to the point of death, even in these tough times, to remember our commitment to the Lord, to be obedient to him. This has been the Clean Soul Podcast with Dennis Curtis. Feel free to reach out to me at thecleansoul.org.